Hey there, you're listening to a new episode of the Darius Faru Show. How are you? Thank you for tuning in. There are a million podcasts probably in the world, and yet you are here listening to this one, which I really appreciate. And on today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about something that I also appreciate, which is being happy, right? Something that we all appreciate, something that we all want. It is one of the few things that you could say are quite universal. Happiness is something that every person wants. But the weird thing about happiness is that there is no manual. There is no formula for being happy. And I think that's why philosophy exists and has been around for several centuries. It's always been there for our species to help us to achieve happiness. And it is a very tricky concept because if you chase it, you often don't get it. It's very paradoxical. And the thing about happiness is that it is a mental or it's a state of mind that is fleeting. It's just like being in shape. The moment you stop working out, you lose your physical abilities. And the moment you stop practicing philosophy or when you stop reading personal development books or when you stop journaling about the things that you value, you also lose that mindset. So that's the first thing that I wanted to share with you here on this podcast about, you know, the desire for more and how it is destroying happiness. Because if you keep desiring more happiness, then often you end up chasing pleasures or things that you think only will make you happy. But often those are not the things that actually generate happiness within. So it's, it's something that uh, we just have to keep practicing. And why is it that we desire more of everything? Have you thought about this? You know, as a society, we desire to be happier, to be wealthier, to be smarter, to be in better shape, to have more experiences. The list goes on. You can think of many things that we chase just for the sake of having more, <laughs> right? It's something that I think most people do in Western society or in you know any developed country and even rest of the world as well because culture is now becoming global and you know through the internet, people inspire. Uh, each other no matter where you live so you end up having the same types of values in different countries while in the past that wasn't really true so this is one of those things that's becoming more universal our desire for more and if you look at philosophy you'll find that it's not a new concept at all you know in western philosophy and eastern philosophy as well they often talked about this chase of pleasure and money and wealth and happiness. 
And they also talked about how that usually backfires. So on this episode, I want to talk to you about some things that you could do to avoid that craving for more. Because I think that is the key to being happy pretty much all the time. And of course, you can't be happy 24-7. Bad things happen in life. But you don't want external things to destroy your inner happiness, your inner sense of joy. And I'm talking about mostly, right? Like not always. I also don't like people who always pretend they are super happy. And in fact, it's an article that I'm currently writing that I'll publish soon, which is about how some of us pretend that we're always fine. Well, we're not fine (laughs) in some cases, and it's all about being honest. But I do think that inner happiness, inner sense of joy is a good state of mind to have overall, even if you could achieve that like 80% of the time, then you still have a really good life and you get to enjoy it. So how can you achieve that? Well, I'll talk to you about some of the tips that I've been applying in my life, and these are indirect tips because one thing that you could directly do to manage or suppress or ignore your cravings or your desires is obviously to meditate and practice um, eastern philosophy and also stoicism which is kind of a way to practice the same thing of ignoring your desires through reasoning so I really think that's helpful. I love meditation. I've talked about it very often. And that's also exactly the reason that I'm not going to talk about it now. I've talked about it many times. So I want to share a couple of indirect tips that you could apply to stop craving more and to get off that hedonic treadmill and to get off that highway of chasing pleasure or chasing whatever it is right always more 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 it's not good so let's get down to the tips i have five tips and i'll walk you through them briefly and you can learn more about this concept in the article that i've published as well about this Um, so the thing is that the overall theme of all of these tips that i will be sharing is detachment so you want to detach yourself from the outcomes that you usually think about. An outcome could be a better job, a higher salary, a particular uh, romantic relationship, uh, any other personal goals. We often think about these outcomes and we fantasize about them. And the goal of these tips is to detach indirectly. So keep that in mind as I'm talking about these tips. So tip number one is tell someone else that you are grateful. And you've probably heard of the whole strategy to practice gratitude, writing down what you're grateful for. And I think that's great. But one thing that I think is even better is to tell other people that you are grateful for something that they have done or just for having them in your life. At the moment that you share your gratitude with other people, you won't only feel better yourself, but you also make other people feel good about themselves. And I do think that's a very important 
aspect of life and of relationships is to communicate to others how important they are because it's something that we often ignore. We don't talk about it very often and that could uh, kind of make people forget how important they are to each other. So you can go to your friend, co-worker, partner and talk about you know why you really uh, value them. And it could be something specific like, oh, I really appreciate it that you helped me with this project. Or it could be totally general and you could say, well, I really appreciate that you are in my life. And other people appreciate that you tell that to them. And it's a great way to stay grounded and also a great way to remind yourself that relationships and having certain people in your life is actually really important and it helps you to you know like i said stay grounded and also when you are more grounded you are less susceptible to chasing desires because you understand that other things are more important and you know everybody knows of the cliche that the best things in life are free that's this is one of those things right you can do this for free so Tip number two is have a plan B and C. So we often get this goal in our head, and this could be professional, could be personal, and we start working towards the goal. And if it doesn't work out, like many times, because in life, like you probably know, we don't get everything that we want. Sometimes, well, I should say very often, we don't get what we want. And when that happens, we often get disappointed, frustrated, and uh, you know that could cause a lot of negative emotions and feelings. And you don't want to go through life like that. So what can you do? Have a plan B and have a plan C. Let me give you an example. So for the past year, I've been working on getting a book deal for my next book. Uh, that I'm writing right now, which is about uh, applying stoicism to wealth building. And I've self-published my previous books, and I thought it was a good time now to go traditional and work with a publisher so I can obviously produce a really good book, but also make sure that it's distributed widely because I feel like this is a book that a lot of people need to read. And I started the process and first you have to find an agent and then you know create a book proposal and then send it out to publishers and it can be a pretty long process if you're new to it and obviously I was new to it and also I was working on a lot of other things as well and COVID and you name it, things got in the way. So it took a year, the whole process and along the way there were many times where I was depending on other people's approval. And as you know, I don't like that. <laughs> I, I think that you should always be independent as much as you can and never wait for other people. But at the same time, I also don't want to hurry anything. So what I did was I created a plan B and that was if the book proposal project doesn't work out, I will self-publish it. 
So that way I knew that if it didn't work out for any reason, I would just go and self-publish the book, which I have done seven times and have experience with, and I knew it would be fine. And then I would also have a plan C in case, you know, something happened or I wasn't really feeling it. Uh, you never know. So I said, plan C is I'm going to turn this into an online course. And actually uh, worked on these plans a little bit more in depth as well. Created like, you know, a note uh, on Evernote and basically just in some bullet points. Uh, created some of the steps that I'm going to take. And a lot of the steps are quite <laughs> similar to traditional publishing. So it's not uh, useless work. And planning is never useless, I think, because it does many things. It will not only give you an action plan, so you know what to do if things don't work out, so you don't have time to be disappointed, but it's also a very good thought exercise. You sit down and you think of the possibilities and, and actions that you could potentially take. And it's very good to think about those things because you start thinking outside the box a little bit. And that's always a good thing, right? So if you want to detach from a specific outcome, have another outcome that you think could be nice as well. And obviously, always try to focus on what you control, but you never control the whole thing that you're working on. I can control my book proposal and who I'm going to work with as an agent. I mean, and you know, the quality of the book proposal and everything that you create, but I don't control what other people think. Now, eventually it turned out really good. And I signed a deal with Portfolio Penguin which was also my top choice as a publisher to work with. And, you know, they've published many of the books that I've read and you probably read as well on Stoicism, like by Ryan Holiday and Simon Sinek and you name it, many great books that they've published. And it's a great team that I will be working with, but it could have uh, not happened as well. And if it didn't happen, I would have my plan B and plan C ready. So. I wouldn't be disappointed and also wouldn't be chasing anything, you know? So that's a good thing. All right, let's move on to tip number three. This is very obvious <laughs> and I think you'll appreciate it. It's do things you actually enjoy, <laughs> right? It's uh, very obvious, but it's one of those uh, pieces of advice that is obvious, but very difficult to apply. Because most of us assume that we have to do work that we don't enjoy so we can have money. But you don't have to do that for your entire life. You can do that briefly so you can build up a financial buffer or work on yourself or whatever. But you can also create a life that you actually enjoy. <laughs> Just remember that your work is your biggest part of your life. Right? Just think about that for a second. Your work is the biggest part of your life. And some people say, yeah, no, but my work is just my work and I am not my job. And, you know, I like to go out and on the weekends. That's great. 
I'm just talking about it mathematically. You spend either eight hours at work, right? Or you spend eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours thinking about work, <laughs> right? And in some cases, going to work. So it's a very, very big part of your life and probably bigger than most people think. They think, oh, I just spent my eight hours at work. Well, no, that's not true. It's on your mind. So you, it's, it's a very big part of your life. In fact, the biggest. Um, so do things that you enjoy and not only when it comes to your job, but also social situations. I remember back in the day, I would often say yes to social things that I wasn't really excited about or didn't, I just didn't enjoy like going to, I don't know, drinks or certain parties of people that I just didn't really connect with. So I was just like, at some point, stop doing it, you know? And then you have more time to do things that you do enjoy. It's very obvious, but often we are so involved in certain social things that we just forget that we can also say no and you'll have some more time alone or with just a few people that you really uh, actually like. (laughs) Sounds weird, but um, it's very important to do that because it gives you inner satisfaction, which is more important than pleasing other people. Okay, tip number four, live simply, right? Another obvious thing, but when you upgrade your lifestyle, you, you, you will get used to everything. And when you start upgrading things, then you will have to keep upgrading in most cases. So avoid that whole treadmill by not getting on it. And if you live simply and you think to yourself, oh man, look at those people, they live these amazing, amazing lives and they have these fancy cars and vacations and whatever, that's fine, but they probably don't have real freedom, right? And just look at what you appreciate and look at the things that you like. And if you are on a certain path, don't get distracted by what other people do. I live simply too. I like it. Sometimes I see other people and they have a Lamborghini or whatever. And for a second, I think, oh, that's awesome. But then I think, no, freedom is awesome. Okay, that's how I do it. So it's normal to see things and think to yourself, oh, I I like that or be distracted, but just, you know, be aware of it and then snap back to reality. (laughs) Um, And then tip five, which is a little bit related to that, stay tough. So when you start making everything comfortable for yourself in life, then you also get used to being comfortable all the time. But life is not being comfortable all the time. If you look at history, there have been many bad periods uh, in time. And right now we are getting used to that as well with COVID and political unrest, the threat of global war. All these things are not new. It's pretty normal. And I'm not saying it's good, um, but it's reality and it sucks, and it's very bad, and it's horrible in many cases, but that's also life. So when we get 
too comfortable and we expect that life is always good, then we get a very big shock when things go bad and we don't even expect it. Okay, so I was um, I was reading a biography from Sam Zell. Oh, I just started reading it and he's a famous investor in the US and his family fled Poland from during or uh, before World War II or at the start I think they were Jewish and he was writing about how his uh, father and mother were as I remember cor- correctly they wanted to flee the country but their family members were like yeah yeah we'll just sit it out because we've done it before in World War One, and we'll just you know we don't think it it's going to be that bad. They they just kind of expected people to be good. And Sam Zell's father was like, okay, let's wait out a little bit. And then basically went before, right before everything went bad quickly, uh, his, his parents got on the last train out of Poland and it took them like two years to get to the United States. But, uh, the rest of his family stayed and most of them died. And it's very tragic. But the thing is that his parents expected the worst. So they were like, oh, we need to get out. And they were aware of bad times and bad things. So they stayed tough. And it took them, you know, very long time to get to the U.S. And... If you say, oh, okay, I'd rather not do it or not move and stay comfortable and be whatever I am and not be willing to do something that's really hard, then you usually don't end up uh, in a good situation. Now, obviously, that is probably the worst case example in history. But in life, you know, you could kind of, you can draw some lessons from that example because. Sometimes you want to do things that we know that are, are good for us, like working out or starting a business, trying to be more independent, create some multiple income streams. We know it's hard and we're like, ah, oh, yes, yeah, too much work. And then we give up and that's not good, you know? So stay tough, be willing to do hard things and uh, you will thank yourself for it. And also you will detach as well because if you're willing to do the hard things, you detach from comfort. You're like, okay, that's fine. So let's bring it all back to the desire for more. If you say, oh, I'm living simply, I'm staying tough, I do things that I really enjoy, I have plan B and plan C, and I you know, practice gratitude to all the people I'm grateful, you think to yourself, well, I don't need to have more of everything. I'm good. I'm good with life the way that it is, and I don't have to change anything. Okay? And, and when you have that mindset, then you will be fine. <laughs> you will be happy most of the time, no matter what the external circumstances are. All right, so let's wrap it up. I hope you found this useful, this episode probably a little bit longer than the other ones that we've done recently. So let me know what you think. Write to me at Darius at DariusFru.com. Feel free to say hi. And if you don't, that's fine too, because I will publish a new episode soon. 
And until that happens, like always, take care.